Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader, and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Anyway. It's only like not showing Martha books. It's like you've had yeah. enough. Yeah. It's like you have come to your limit of library usage. P- please get a <laughs> life. Please get a life. Sort of like the TikTok scrolling. I think it's time for you to stop reading and have a snack now. Yeah. Have you seen a human being today? Dude, if the Kindle did that, I would be sad. <laughs> I would feel bad a lot. Oh man. I totally missed you guys though. It was weird. It was a it was Yay. like uh it was kind of a baby bird moment for me. Oh dear god. Kick my oh, birds god. out of the nest and they survived mm. without me. Oh, yeah, but we, we were happy didn't. about it. Yeah. If we couldn't if you hadn't answered the phone, we might not have had our podcast to record <laughs> oh that's yeah that's true. right that's right i i did i did we some... have a like voice memo record it and been like good luck i did some <laughs> uh some parking lot tech support from yeah. the, from the parking lot of the reception and everybody's looking back at me like what the hell is she doing up there <laughs> so, yes, they're like she's the most important job in the universe yeah i guess so. i don't they... know why it's not pulling up i don't know what you have going on with your Here, settings let me see if i can reset it it doesn't want me to listen to Lord of the Flies, clearly. Obviously. I mean, I liked it the first time I read it, so I'll be intrigued to it's, see what I, I feel about read it since, re- as a reread. Yeah, I haven't read it since high school? I did my senior thesis on it in high school, and maybe? I think I never read it again. Or I was in my 20s, I think, maybe. Although um, my daughter just read have, it, can, so you I have had your lots Kindle of fun. preference on. Well, good job, Megan. See that? Totally fucked because I don't read Kindle. Because it says only show Kindle options and borrow ebooks. Yep. See, I told you settings were fucked. I got hacked. Uh, That's a hack, you guys, because I don't even read uh fucking Kindle. All you would have had to do is accidentally hit the wrong button while it was in your purse. It's not a hack. Uh uh. I don't put my phone on my purse, so there. Now my ass, Although, my ass could have chosen that though, because I do put my phone in my pocket, so it could be an well, ass choice. Not- Can I just tell you? This is how you know when you have a serious problem. So this bookstore online that I buy a whole bunch of books from, they got hacked, and for the last four days the site has been down, and I literally check five times a day at least to see if it's up and it's never up oh my god and i'm like kind of losing my freaking mind well now you have to tell us because i want to buy books now you have to tell us what the site is because clearly we've been missing out on something big well it's it's bookoutlet.com it's a canadian site and it sells like okay so you know target like gets certain books and then what happens when those books aren't new anymore? They send them all to like places like this or places like Ollie's, which is an actual store. Um, like they send them to a warehouse and then they sell them for cheap. So like, what did I just, hmm. so I just got, I don't know. I got a bunch Are of rom-coms and they were like $5 covers? instead of 17. Sometimes. 
It's called The Lion's Den. It was by Catherine something. The Lion's Den. Is that the one about yeah. the reporters? No, it's about a bunch of rich women that go on a like a boat trip together. To the Lions was what I'm thinking of. But this was like a hardcover and every week they have three hardcovers that are like a dollar ninety nine. So I got that book for a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I know. They have a Meg Cabot this week for one ninety nine, but I already have it. I was sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I remember the day not so long ago, Keith. It's your when you owned no books and everything was electronic. Mr. Keith probably hates my fucking guts. It's well, he hates Donna. No, because it's Donna's fault. But um, it was Donna's book because somebody read a book about like when what would happen if we didn't have electronics anymore. It was all my books are on Kindle. It was me. So I was freaking out. Or maybe Donna first. Oh, you reviewed it, didn't you? Yes, you did. You reviewed it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when I heard about that book, that's when I, and it gives me joy to like, I'm looking at them now. They're just so pretty. See, they do give you joy, don't they? I I don't want to tell Mr. Keith. I bought three bookshelves and I need more. Uh Uh-oh. We're we're seriously, we're seriously dealing with. It's an issue. A new book zealot. That's a book zealot. That is that is a, a new recruit to book buying, yep. and they get over-exuberant. Yes. Hmm. I'm a selective hoarder. Um, I go through phases of obsession. For 10 years, I was obsessed with scrapbooking, and I bought so much crap that I never, ever used, and it was, like, all new. So I had to – one day I sold it all on Craigslist after I kind of stopped scrapbooking, and then for a long time it was yarn. <laughs> And now yeah. it's books, apparently. Apparently. <sighs> it's still Good just stuff. giving me oh here. I don't know. I, I took the preference out of there. but You guys still, still can't figure out how to get a book? Wrong. It's not letting her do the audiobook. It's only giving her ebook options. I'm telling you what. They know that you take out all the audiobooks, and they're like, no more. Mm, it's done. Yep. Exactly what's happening. Do you have it set to um to show you only available now books? Maybe no. they just don't have any audio left. I mean, I went into the metro and I got Megan's one right away, so I don't know. It's comfy in this little cubby hole I'm sitting in right now. It's very cute. It's a bunk bed. I'm on Fee's bed. My bed's up. I was just gonna say it looks like you're in a pine box, but bigger I, than like a casket. Yeah. It's like a really I told <laughs> I told Martha and Bonnie before you got on. So they built these bunk beds and they're really tall. Like I'm sitting down and like, my yeah, that's nice. Like put my hand like, yeah. Like I have probably like 10, like eight inches, of 10 inches of clearance or whatever. So when I climbed up into the top bunk last night, um, I, you get to the top of the ladder and there's no like rail or handle at the top of oh. the bed because it's just open. So like I literally had to grab onto the like sheets and like use them to pull myself up. Can you imagine <laughs> then, what it would be like if you had company in that bed? Ew, no. I'm just thinking that about that. Bed. I'm just thinking of that because there's so much headroom in there. You could you could totally do reverse cowgirl in that bed. Well, Holy and these crap. are these are queens. <laughs> these aren't even twins. These are queens. So you can sleep two people in both of these bunk beds. Megan's like, see, you don't even have to get on top of each other. That's what I'm talking about. That looks like some super fun times, some super fun adult times. And those we're going to have to find out where that's at and have it have a little little party, little 
Hey. No one should ever have sex on the top of a bunk bed. That's just asking for trouble. It, oh, you you got to put it. Ta- you had to take it off the list, Keith. <laughs> all the lists of all the things, you know, like the Mile High Club, the Top Bunk Club. Well, she's high enough that okay, she might qualify for both. <laughs> no, if you were in Denver and you were on the mm. top bunk. At the Stanley Hotel, you could you cross could, both You could qualify for yeah, the Mile t- High Club. They're true. thinking about it. No, They're thinking you. about it because it's true. Dude, yeah. you'd have to be crazy to want to have sex in the haunted, creepy place. Yuck. Well, that's the only what place you that you could have, you have a have threesome. You have like a creepy-ass baby. Dude, you got to tick it off the list. That's all I'm saying. Have a threesome with a ghost. I don't have to tick nothing Ooh, off my list. A threesome with a ghost. No. Come on. <laughs> I'm Come with on. Keith on this one. Boo. No. Ah! It is not creepy ass horror month yet. You don't get to do that shit. (sighs) Um, Today, while we were playing Murder Hotel before the podcast, I learned a new phrase or a new a a new definition. What's that thing that I that you knew that I didn't? The cooking. Are you talking about the term? The what is it? Ban Marie. Yeah. Bain Marie. Do you know what Bain Marie is? No. It's not your it's not your neighbor's cousin. It's actually a technique for cooking where in the oven you put water around the pan that you're cooking in. Sort of like sort of like when you do a cheesecake. Or a custard. That's what what you do. And you put water around it. So you you take your little um I can't think of what those little dishes. What did you call it? Bane Marie. I think it's like Bane Marie or something like that. I don't know. They they talk about it on the on the British. I mean, I know that kind of cooking. I didn't know it was called that. Well, I didn't either, and I'm old. I didn't know that. But Mm. I, I learned something new today. What was the other new thing we learned? Okay. How many dipples in a did you know? That there are three to four hundred dimples in the average golf ball? Yes. No, really? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So two totally random things that we learned today and have shared with you. Don't you feel fortunate to be our friend now? Yes. See? If you ever have a trivia night and those two things come up, now you know what it is. You know that you know that earwigs have two penises. We know where vanilla extract comes from. Yep. You know about beaver anus. We're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> and wait, wait, wait. Did you know that they have a crayon that's called beaver? Apparently. The crayon. There's a beaver brown, color. There's a brown crayon. Called beaver. Called beaver. Oh, well, I that's don't know. That's a poor it decision. <laughs> it didn't say what that's color it That's probably downstairs. It depends. We got, we got the, the world of color crayons today at the store. So I bet you that brown is downstairs on the kitchen table right now. Mm. You should holler and say, hey, check. I think that. everyone's check for the beaver crayon. Bring me that beaver. I need to see what color it is. I feel like everyone's <laughs> beaver color would be different. Everybody's beaver's color should be a little different. I saw something and I think based, I want to say based on the uh, variety of beaver we're discussing. I saw something right? and I think that it right. was on yeah. some social media, but I can't remember which one I saw it on that somebody there was a guy saying that everybody's perfect lipstick shade is the color of their nipples. I have heard that actually. I don't think and you I... both lost. And I don't think that that's true because I know what color my nipples are and I never buy that kind of lipstick. Well, it doesn't match mine. It's not saying so. the one that you buy. It's saying the one that would look best on your skin tone, I think but is what he's wouldn't. saying. It, it wouldn't. wouldn't. It's too light. I, it I would, can't. It would just disappear. Maybe your regular lips are the same color as your nipples. I don't know. 
But I've heard that before, Bonnie. I think I saw that on Facebook somewhere. Was it on Facebook? <laughs> I, uh, think so. I don't think seriously looking, have keeps looking down her uh, shirt right now. I don't think I that am, because I'm right. Like, so did Martha. So what don't they just, color. What? Martha looked down. So Martha look. looked down her shirt too. Don't let her fool y'all. I looked. I totally looked. I mean, when I was at home I looking at that at social media, that I'm like, what? No. <laughs> no, I don't look at it. Can you imagine like, going <laughs> to CVS and being like, I need this color right here. Let me show you what color I need. Hold on. Look, yeah. at, look at my nipple. Does that match? <laughs> then you get like a red up. <laughs> Let me yeah. show you this You'd picture on my phone. you get exposure all for some lipstick. Wait, I'm sure I have some dudes here. Penis, penis, penis. Boob, here. I need this color. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the CVS worker would need therapy for life? They don't life. make that much money. We have to be nicer to CVS employees. Taking it to Home Depot and ask them to cut, like, mix you some paint. Yeah, paint I'm color. Some paint. I want it to be this color. Right here. I the need same color as my nipple. I need some pussy pink. Hold on. Let me tell you what color I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder, you know, there are some lipstick companies that have really bizarre names. I wonder if any of them are like, hey, look, we have a, sh a whole range of nipple shades. I like, do believe that I there, bet they is, do. there is. Um, Call it nipple lips. There, There is a company that has sex sexual themes on their colors i can't remember which one it is but i, I think always the penis think to myself color is kind of a purpley because it's an engorged penis color yeah but someone not all has an orgasm lipstick and i desperately True. want that shade but i do not want to have orgasm lipstick like in my purse so would that be like yeah. white <laughs> what? Yeah, really. It's not white? white. It's this. I would not white wear white lipstick. I don't remember. It's a really nice shade, and I was like, oh. What color are we talking about? That's all I need. <laughs> connected with the orgasm, though, because I mean, if it's hmm, what that's shoots not out, if it's pink. You don't want pink shooting out of there. You. That's a. Dear God. That's a disease <laughs> of some kind. I think. Maybe it's the color you see. When you're orgasm. Oh, like, okay. So like the, it's the, the color, fireworks behind your eyes. The go color off. of your yes. aura. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I was just reading, I was just reading a book where this girl looks the girl could read auras. It's your orgasm aura. I'm gonna have to review that after October because this is our last podcast before we start horror month. Yep. And I've got too many good books lined up. It's just insane. I have like none. I always come in like really? shallow. Yeah. Just come in shallow. I started mine. Come in shallow. I started mine today and it's different than I thought it was going to be. And I kind of love it. Raise well, I hand. read my first one already and it just. Because we've got five people on every October show. It was more of a um, Megan book. Not really a Vonnie oh. book. Martha's going to love her Megan books. Am I going to I couldn't. It? I I can't wait. Like I finished my first one yesterday and I was like, holy crap. I wish it was tomorrow that we were starting. And then I was like, that's a very strange thing for Keith to say. But <laughs> usually I read stuff that's, you know, traumatizing and everybody needs therapy for. And See, this was very subdued for me. In October, I'm the one that reads the traumatizing books. That's true. Because there are some real, <laughs> holy shit. Even I was disturbed by a few of my picks this, this time. Woo. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> scary. Uh, so what is, what's Vonnie going to read us today that gets us 
trauma prepped for next year. Yeah, we're going to need some trauma prep, Lonnie. Well, I went straight up 40 to 50-year-old man today. Oh, okay. yay! Because, honestly, that was the are only book available. Your, are you wearing black socks with sandals? Uh, no, but the new shampoo that I bought that's supposed to be, yeah, like, you know, moisturizing for the scalp smells like men's cologne. <laughs> I don't know why the hell they can't have a scalp or dandruff shampoo for women that does not smell like you're bathing in old spice tea tree oil teach i yeah. can't use oh tea tree yeah oil. i yeah, bet that's that true stuff smells so good oh my god i love tea tree oil i can't use it mm. makes your head break out it makes yeah it mm. makes my it hurts my skin mm. so which war are you reading about because it's got to be war if it's 40 to 50 year old man right well yeah because you guys know me so 60. well I said oh, I'm 40, sorry, 40 to 60. Yeah. I said 40 to 50 a minute ago. So 40 to 60 year old man. Okay. See, um, this would be the Afghan war. It's another oh, nonfiction. Well, boy, she's branching out on her wars. I know. Well, I thought it was Look appropriate it since appropriate. not too long ago, we withdrew our trip, our troops from Afghan. Nistan. <laughs> No, hell no. I'm leaving that in. Sounds like, sounds like you took him out of a blanket. The Afghan Estanis. You give me back my blanket, damn it. I, and I got the, no words for that whole sentence. And the Taliban took over the government. I thought that this Fucking was appropriate. Assholes. Okay, yeah. Um, so this is called Red Platoon by Clinton Ramesha. I know I did a book not too long ago that talked about war, an Afghan war book, and they were in the mountains. I think actually that might have been like Iraq. I don't know. It was a mountainous area. And this is also a mountainous area that um, it's Did you say in. mountainless or mountainous? Mountainous. Okay. Mountainous. mountainous. Just checking. Mountainless. And like I said, this she, is- She's going to haul off and punch you one day and none of us are going to stop her. Listen, I have to concentrate because my head really hurts today. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Vaughn. I kind of feel like I'm dazed. So tell tell us about you Red Platoon. No, well, nice try, Megan. Hope not. I tried. <laughs> hey, keep your breath to yourself. <laughs> She's breathing uh -oh. on me. I'm That's sure salt. I'm sure it's just Girls, allergies. Don't fight. Mom, everyone in your perspective corners. She's giving me her COVID germs. Tell us about Red Platoon. Okay, so uh, this book, like I said, it's a firsthand account of 13 hours of a firefight between, I can't remember what branch of the military they are, but it's these troops who are in the mountains of Af Afghanistan and the Taliban. And basically, a lot of it is showing like how not good this base was that they were set up in. It wasn't fortified like in the backside. It was fortified in the front and they had a gate and everything, but like the lock on the gate had been broken, but it was manned 24 hours a day. But in the back, there was places that wasn't fortified whatsoever, that it was easy to get into the camp. Plus it was kind of like in a bowl so it was easy to go out to the mountainous area around it and look right into the camp and see what was happening, which you don't want your enemies to do. And you're straight up in enemy territory. No. And um, a lot of the, the of, soldiers. That reminds me of uh, 
like uh, stage flats. You know, where the stage looks really good from the front, but then you go around back and it's... It's bad. It's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just cut <laughs> off and like cardboard standing exactly. up against tables. Oh, those old west towns where you go down, <laughs> just yeah. up front. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of... I mean, it, we're joking about it, but it was bad. And a lot of the soldiers had kind of expressed their concerns about this base... And the higher ups did nothing about it. And they didn't even listen to the soldiers when they were like, dudes, you need to do something about this base because it's not safe. <laughs> and of course, like I said, there the, ta- the Taliban attacked the base with a huge amount of soldiers on their side compared to the amount of soldiers that were at the base at the time. It, it was just horrific. And there was a lot of casualties. I mean... There was only like 30 guys there. So the amount of cas- casualties compared to the people that were there was significant percentage right. wise. And the book is kind of, it tells you a lot about each individual soldier. And it tells oh. you a little bit about like how they lived up there. And just a lot of different like, you know, anecdotes that the soldiers used to do to each other. Like imagine summer camp with a bunch of teenage boys and that's basically (laughs) soldiers nice when they're not having to fight because you know like one guy whenever he went back to the barracks to his room he was always naked and they shack up (laughs) i mean they share their room with another person and like one guy was disgusting and you know never cleaned his room and one guy always got good snacks and got pissed off when the other soldiers went in and took his snacks without asking first and just you know shit like that so it kind of like really set up the friendship between all of the soldiers before the fight broke out so it it did a really this book did a really good job at giving each individual soldier a voice and a good job at describing the fight that they had with this taliban and what they endured for these 13 hours so, and because of that, I really enjoyed it because, you know, I, I like it when they get down and personal with the people who are in the book, with the characters. Yeah, you like it when they introduce them and right, tell I, you all about them so that then you can cry when they die. Exactly. I have to absorb <laughs> an emotional attachment so that I have feelings when they die. Yeah. Is this fiction or nonfiction? It's I don't non, remember. It's nonfiction. This actually oh, did happen. Oh, it's nonfiction. Yeah, this oh, is shit. nonfiction. Okay. Right. So this My is actually why I like happened. got weird there for a minute. Oh, and I mean, because it's nonfiction, I feel comfortable with saying that, you know, um, when they investigated this firefight, like they do every single one that happens like this, um, they found the fault in the higher ups for the fact that the base was not secure enough. So not that, that that does a lot of good after the fact. I right? know after everybody's already, you know been blown up and the fight's over and a year later actually it was more than a year later that they came up with that conclusion but yeah it was it was a good book um it is a little detailed so it is a little gory in places i would suggest not eating maybe strawberry jam or red jello what do you (laughs) oh bonnie i mean there's seriously one part of the book that they pick up the guy's brains put it back in the hole in his head and put a bandage around it so i mean yeah i mean 
that that's the brutal truth of what happens i mean right. like thousands of true like this book true war stories of what happens in when you're wounded in combat like it's not pretty it's not hollywood no Very and real. you have to remember that with firefight with with this much gun play back and forth and the amount of taliban who attacked this base at one time that it's not like the, a soldier is shot and then they can just go get him and bring him back that's not what right, happens right. because you can't go out there and get him even if you see him shot and he's not dead because if you go out there you're going to get shot too i mean there's snipers all over the place that are just you know wanting to pick people off so all of these soldiers With the weapons that, that we provided them yeah. to use against yeah. us all these soldiers that were wounded but not killed i mean they're not just simple injuries every time i read a book like this it makes me more i don't know i don't want to say happy what do you say like i'm i'm more grateful i'm more grateful for the soldiers that go over and fight for our freedom mm-hmm and I still think that, which I've always thought, that a lot of these soldiers need to get paid more. They need more compensation yeah. for the job that they do because they definitely do not get paid what they're worth. Oh, yeah. You know what I also appreciate? I appreciate those who are fighting for the freedom of women. Yeah. Well, right. 100%. Because it's a- not just our freedom they're fighting for. They're In this particular case, they're fighting also for the freedom of those women. Right. right. Unfortunately, they're right back in the same damn situation because, unfortunately... The Taliban took back over again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I won't get on that soapbox yeah, because yeah, I yeah, have yeah, so yeah. many feelings. That's, I have feelings, too. Right. That's a whole... And they do talk a little bit about the women of the Taliban that come in after the fight's over. But mm. that, again, is called Red Platoon by Clinton Bromisha. If you didn't guess, this was one that my dad recommended, and I had it on my wish list for a long time. I just hadn't read it yet, because especially with like these Afghan war and Iraq war books, they're so close to current times. I have to put a lot of distance between them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Kind of like the serial killer novels that Rachel reads. I can only read one of those every about third book, because it's just too real too real not oh, yeah. that not that any of the other books were not real they're just further out in history so they're more disconnected mm-hmm. so, <laughs> was that enough Do trauma you for a happy you? book yeah i feel traumatized now all over again because i'm thinking about uh, all I those do. women in afghanistan who are totally fucked now because i just want to go and get a big plane and get all the women and take them to some place where they will not be oppressed yeah I mean, if you can do it without the Taliban shooting you down. I mean, there's a reason I'm, I'm why thinking, people are stuck I know, there. I know. I'm thinking of me, the all-powerful superhero goddess that could, you know, like put a, put a massive stun spell on all the men, make them immobile and, and completely paralyzed, go grab all the women, take them to safety, and then unfreeze the men. And Let then them they just w- fuck themselves? Yeah, they could just <laughs> fuck themselves and keep their own little little. (laughs) but that's a perfect world and clearly we don't have that unfortunately nope that's not the way that it works nope all right keith do you have a happy book or a sad dude i because horror month is coming 
I like had to, I had to decide what I was going to review. And I thought, you know, October is going to be a depressing, sad, horrific month. So I'm going to review the sugariest, happiest, like sweetest rom-com there ever was. Yes. (laughs) Is it very poignant? It's not at all poignant. I didn't miss miss that word one fucking bit. (laughs) Uh, It was, you know, there's a lot of poignant things in books these days. This is not one of them. I mean, this is like lighthearted and happy and one of those palate cleansers for after you read about the serial killer shit. Like, so yeah. Or the Taliban. Or or the Taliban. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the book that I read is called Battle Royal by Lucy Parker. And our listeners might not know this, but I am insanely into the Great British Baking Show because everybody on that show is so sweet and nice and they just bake good things that I want to eat. I love that show so much. I know. It's like it's like happiness on the TV. It's just everything that's good in the world. It's happiness that you can taste and smell. I know. Yeah. And you know what? My mom asked me about getting rid of Netflix because she never watches it. <gasps> and the Netflix is in her and way. And you were like, great British well, I forgot about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't really watch it that much. And then I saw the previews that they were coming out with the new season. I'm like, oh, shit. What have I done? <laughs> the new season just started this past Friday. Oh, my God, Paul, those eyes. I could just, oh, I could fall God. into those eyes. He would totally <laughs> be on my laminated list. You just get saying. lost in his eyes. So picture... A Paul Hollywood guy. Okay. Probably like probably like 20 years younger though. Like he's like a young guy. Okay. And then picture uh so n- now in this book, the show is called Operation Cake. But it's basically the same thing. They cook in a tent, they bake in a tent, and they have the judges, but they have three judges instead of just two. But they have the Paul Hollywood guy. He's like kind of grumpy. He's really harsh. He's like a Simon Cowell on American Idol. Like he's just real tough judge. And then one of the contestants is this very sweet, innocent, wonderful, like whimsical girl. And her name is Sylvia. And the Paul Hollywood guy, his name is Dominic. Hold on. And so, yes. Paul Hollywood is only 55. So, yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, this guy's probably, like, in his 30s. I didn't think he was that old. Yeah, I didn't think he was that old either. Why? So, what, like, he's doable for you? Is that what you're saying? Dude, I'm 56. I'll be 57 in February. So, you'd be going down a little in age. I never said you couldn't have Paul Hollywood, dude. I mean, Ron might have a problem with it. Is he on your laminated list? He is now. He can be on your laminated list. Look at that snap. So he's tasty. He's so pretty. Now I'm gonna have to put a picture of Paul Hollywood on the thing on the website so everyone knows who he is. What was that we were talking about? Waylaying people's reviews. Uh, Sorry, that was me doing that again. See, where's my Nerf gun? So this girl Sylvia is on the show and. It is the episode before the semifinals, which is like the big show. And um, she makes, they're supposed to make a cake that interacts with people. And she makes this unicorn, mm-hmm. like with with glitter and rainbows. And he's like this stoic, you know, 
baker guy and he hates this thing and it's supposed to be interactive so it has like a cannon like that shoots glitter but instead like it kind of beams him it beams him right in the face oh, so obviously no. he votes her off the show <laughs> so she she gets voted off that week now four years later she is very successful has this amazing uh bakery and like she does all her whimsical little cakes. She has, she, Megan, you would dig it. In the basement of her bakery, she has this like Harry Pottery kind of world where I'm she there. has a cauldron and she makes like good, goody drinks out of her cauldron. And she has like just all sorts, you know, she's just, she's a magical kind of baker. I'm down for it. Down now, for right it. across the street, who do you think, who do you think has a bakery right across the street from her? It's this dominant guy. <laughs> and he is like a law in a long line of bakers. So his family has had this bakery for just generations and generations and everything is done the way it's supposed to be done. So I'm going to call it the great British bake off, but it's called operation cake. The show, one of the judges retires and they ask her to be a judge. And the two of them do not get along at all. So they're on this show do, being judges. And then again, I'm thinking of Megan because we find out that the queen's granddaughter, I believe it is, is getting married, okay. which is like huge because, you know, yeah. royal wedding. Oh, and yeah. they need I woke someone. up at 3 a.m. for Prince William's wedding. So, uh, right. Yeah. And like people are, I mean, it's crazy. Well, they need someone to bake the cake. And of course it comes down to these two bakeries. One is like he, Dominic's bakery. They do it all perfect. Like it's the white tears, what a wedding cake should be. But this princess, she's like kind of a younger hip kind of, she's a gamer. So of course Sylvia's cake vision is more something that the bride would like. So she's got like dragons and neat crap on her cake. And that's pretty much the book where they are competing as judges. They are competing in their bakeries and they're competing to get this royal wedding gig. Oh, that's awesome. So it is definitely a very like enemies to lovers kind of thing. Um, so if you're into that trope, that is to it's totally like right up your alley. It is so sweet. I mean, the interactions, the banter between the two of them is hysterical because he's just this very stoic Paul Hollywoodish kind of guy. And then every once in a while, his wry humor will like, you know, drop this gem. And you're like, where did that come from? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It was an amazing read. It is the perfect pick me up after you've read something sad and a big bummer <laughs> because there's nothing, there's nothing sad in it. And it's kind of steamy. So, of I mean, course. if you're into that, <laughs> and that was Battle Royal by Lucy Parker. Paul Hollywood's only 55, you guys. God, you're, you like still, you're like you going to lose your this. mind. How old did you think he was? I had no, I don't know. He's, did you think he was a lot older? I thought he was a little he's bit a, older than me, and he's not. Oh, my God. I might have to go but to he's England. he's not much younger than you. I mean, Probably because dude, he's so that's gray. totally. Yeah. Bonnie and I've been sitting here laughing the whole time. 
<laughs> we were sending each other gi- gifts of Paul Hollywood. We were sending gifts of Paul Hollywood and how hot he is and whatnot. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Doing your review. Did you like my rash uh, one? Did you get that one? Yeah. No, Mr. Keith is a year younger than Keith. So, I mean, hey. It's all good. Bonnie Bonnie sent a message that says, that's one STD I wouldn't mind catching. (laughs) (laughs) Paul. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Bonnie. (laughs) I'm just saying, they have antibiotics. (laughs) You know, he does the American show, too. You guys should learn to bake. You know, that's an incentive. Get really good at it. That's. That's so definitely incentive. an incentive. Serious. You better Anybody learn what a Bane Marie is. Hook me up. I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> literally. A man literally. Who, a man because he's hook. on her laminated yeah. list. Yeah, and laminated now. Somebody else just <laughs> lost the cut. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm, now, I'm right, stepping I said, a little right? bit. Yeah. There's now two Pauls on my yeah. list. Who's the other? I, I'm stepping Paul in a... Rudd. a what? Oh. Paul Rudd. Paul All right. Rudd. Okay. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's son is on TikTok and watching him react to everybody that makes videos about his dad is the funniest shit I've seen ever. It really like, is. Why? It's hysterical. Yeah, like he just enjoys it. Like he just owns it now. He's like, they're like, ooh, that's my dad. Gross. Yeah, they're like, really. <laughs> and he looks like his dad. Like you look he at does him, and you're look like, like, oh his no. Dad. Yeah, you're like, yeah, that's Paul Rudd's kid. Like for sure. It's too bad there's um, not a young. Paul Hollywood. Dude, I like the Paul Hollywood that there is. I don't need a younger one. <laughs> I, I feel like he needs to kick, pass on the genes so that generations can have his goodness. No, I just need the one. Just the one. You just need one goodness? Selfish. Yep, that's right. <laughs> one goodness. Sorry, Megan, go ahead. No, one you're good. Romp. So I'm kind of stepping into Martha's universe. Um, a little bit weird. But I, I also live in that universe. So, because this book I would describe as Station Eleven meets Doctor Who. Ooh. I'm intrigued. Me too. All right. So, this book is called The Electric Kingdom by David Arnold. So, we start off and we learn that there has been what they call the fly flu a.k.a. a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic that has swept across the globe and lots of people died and you died like quickly. Like it wasn't like, like quickly meaning you catch it and 24 hours later you're dead or a week could, later um, or maybe like, I don't know if they gave specific, I think it was like within a day. Like if you got a fever, wow. you were gone. Like that was like, it was rapid. Sort of like when you get bit Um, by a zombie, then it's, you know. Yeah, very similar. (laughs) But this was spread by flies that were, like, scientifically tampered with. So they actually form what they, you'll learn in the first, like, chapter, so it's not a spoiler. They're, like, swarms, and you can, like, hear them coming. They're almost like a a bee-fly, like, hybrid-like thing. Um, Yeah. And they bite or sting or... Um, they just straight up like eat you. Like they will <gasps> pick up like a rabbit and just like all that's left is bone. Holy crap. Well, uh, yeah, so I guess like you would like the piranhas. Well, but like this is, well, the fly flu came, like the fly flu is not you being eaten by the flies. Like they're two kind of separate 
like it's kind of complicated but not as complicated as i'm making it sound <laughs> um it's fine it's magic it's fine because now i'm like getting station 11 in this book in my head backwards that's really helpful in my own brain right now <laughs> um but yeah so the fly flu like makes you sick and maybe i'm thinking of station 11 where you die really quickly i don't think you die super quick for fly flu but you will eventually die from it so you have the fly flu and then you have these high like mutant fly swarms so you have a couple of things happening our main character is nico and she is 18 and she has her dog and they are like they her mother has died her father basically has the fly flu um but she does not and so she like goes out and because he's like you have to get to this thing that i used to work on because like i think we can fix the world if you can just do this thing but you don't really know what the thing is and there's someone who keeps deliver they call her the deliverer who keeps bringing the they call them the deliverer um because you don't know who it is um they keep bringing her and her dad like supplies so like but no one knows who the deliverer is like the liver just like shows up with stuff and so that's how they've managed to kind of survive for a while so she goes out to try to figure out what her dad's talking about if what he is even talking about was like a real thing because it's what he supposedly worked on like before the, the apocalypse like before the pandemic and everything and she and then we have kit who he is he's young and i don't know if we ever get a specifically how old kit is but he's super young he reads like he's maybe like 10 or 12 maybe like that might be old like he might even be younger than that and him and his mom and like a couple of their friends live in an old abandoned movie theater and they had and like he always calls his mom by like her name but he calls her like my like i can't think of her name right now but let's just say it's megan like he'd be like my megan like he never says like my mom or mom like he always calls her by her name which i always thought was interesting but it was like his like it was like my mom like whatever so you keep like getting this outside perspective that like you know somebody else is popping in and around the events like in the beginning of the book you somebody's like appears on top of like a billboard in a snowstorm and nico's dad's like i know those eyes and you're like well that's weird like this person a just <laughs> appeared and why do you know their eyes and it's also like the day that was the day that nico was born so like someone's popping in and out throughout the, sh the book so there's definitely some wibbly wobbly timey wimey things happening for the doctor Who nice people because there's like you just get this feeling that okay this person from this encounter in like chapter one is the same person that keeps popping in but you're never really you're getting their perspective but you don't know who they are but they talk about like they have these journals and they are like they keep like reliving life kind of they'll be like in life 1502 I tried to change this part of history and it didn't work or I changed this thing and it worked and it, or it protected somebody. So you have to get all the way through the book before you realize who that person is. And it was really cool. Um, and how that person is getting around and how that person like learns what needs done, but also the frustration for that person that they realize much like in Doctor Who, where like there's things that are set and you can't change it. And when you do change it, then other bad things happen. 
So I just really loved this book. I read it in probably a couple of days and I gave it five stars because I was hooked. Like as soon as I was like, oh my God, there's like possible time travel in here. There's a pandemic happening. There's just like, like the best way that the best quote ever written for Doctor Who was wibbly wobbly timey wimey things because that's exactly how this book feels. You're just kind of always like, okay, like who is this person? How do they connect to these people? And like Nico and Kit's groups like merge into like a small group of like, and they're all teenagers. Like none of them are adults. I mean, she's 18, but these are all kids who have no families left and are just trying to like survive. And they meet other another kid and that kid has like a piece of the puzzle that Nico's looking for. And like, there's just all these things of how it connects and like, is what Nico's looking for even real? We like, you just kind of are on this journey with her just blindly kind of being like, well, my dad said this thing exists. So like, I, this is where, this is what needs to happen. Or this is what the steps I need to take to get to what dad says he worked on in the pre-apocalypse world. And it's so fun. I love it. I highly recommend it. And that was The Electric Kingdom by David Arnold. Oh, very cool. Sounds good. Sounds really good. Yes. I picked it up because the cover looked cool. Cause you know, me and my (laughs) judging books by the, it has like a, like a black hole almost in the cover. And like her and the dog, like walking towards this like portal hole thing on the cover. And it's really cool. And then I read like the blurb and I was like, you're coming home with me. (laughs) And I I read it and I was so excited. I used to pick my books exclusively by the cover when I was younger. And now that I'm an audio freak, I'm totally the opposite. Read it by description. Mm. It was a little bit of both. But the cover caught my eye because it was very unique looking. And then I read it and I was like, oh, yes, you check all the boxes. And you pretty. Yes, it is a really pretty cover. <laughs> okay. It is, it is my turn. And I am going to review a book that was sent to us by Poppy from Sarah Russo Public Relations, a book published by World Noir. It's called The Dark Remains by William McIlvaney and Ian Rankin. Now, Ian Rankin is one of my favorite authors. He writes in Edinburgh and one of my favorite detective series, the Rebus, (laughs) the Rebus novels. And I actually requested to read this book because I thought that it was an Ian Rankin book. And I didn't realize at the time that William McIlvaney is a very... Um, famous Scottish writer, writer of Scottish noir. And I have never read anything by him before. So I was kind of in the dark for that. But it did say that it was a prequel to his trilogy. And he did not finish the book before he died. Oh. So Ian Rankin, who is also a really excellent writer, finished the book for him. So I was super intrigued, obviously, because I love Ian Rankin. And... I dived right in. It took me a little while to read it because they sent me an ebook. And let me just tell you, publishers, if you're going to send me stuff to read, you need to send me audio because I'm terrible. <laughs> I get them and Amen. then they sit on my Kindle for 500 years and they go, were you, were you going to read that? So I probably would have read this like three weeks ago if, if I'd had audio. But anyway, um, <laughs> because I love the Scottish, I like Whoa. the Scottish voice in my ear. I absolutely love it. And I will always listen to the book faster. This took place in the 70s in Scotland, of course. And it's a gangster novel, which 
I kind of go through nice. phases where I really like the gangster novels, kind of always like the ones that take place in Britain for some reason, because the gangsters seem more classy there because they have cool <laughs> accents, I guess. I don't know. So this one, like I said, takes place in the 70s, and the detective is Detective Laidlaw. There's a trilogy out by William McIlvaney with him as the main character, but this is the prequel to that. So I figured I would be okay reading it since this is the beginning of his journey. So I'm actually kind of going about things backwards. Anyway, the case itself is really fascinating because... It begins in the first scenes of it take place in this pub where they find the dead body of one of the lawyers of one of the crime families behind this pub. And it's the pub of the, it, that belongs to the rival crime family. So they're pretty sure that it's all connected. So they start digging into all of the, you know, who's got a beef with who and you know all that kind of stuff it's a very gritty type novel and you kind of I think it's interesting especially to see the origins of the detectives I definitely have to go and read the trilogy now I love Rankin though man I I almost felt like I could tell where he picked it up and because I loved love 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 loved the last half of the book. I thought it was fantastic. Very beautifully written, just really, I don't know, there's just something about British crime that I just am totally enamored with. I don't know what else I can tell you about it. It's a it's a very methodical look at the case and get to know these crime families because it's just like in the Rebus novels. The crime families are a big part of what he does too. So if you really, li- I, I really like those kind of novels and they're almost my comfort zone. I really just will go to those and, you know, I'll dive in and do the entire series. I usually only review the first one, but I love them anyway. So if you like a good mystery, grab this one. If you haven't read the William McIlvaney series yet, the trilogy, it's okay because this is the prequel. And you can start out just exactly where I did as well. Now, it shows up in Goodreads, depending on where you're looking, that it's book number four. Because it was written fourth. Because it was written fourth, but it's actually Mm. a prequel. So that's why it's weird. And if you're looking at it, so. I want to say thank you to Poppy from Sarah Russo Public Relations for sending this book to us. And it was called The Dark Remains by William McIlvaney and Ian Rankin, and I loved it. I just finished reading another, like, detective where I just dived into a new series that takes place in um, Los Angeles. So I'm really excited after October to talk about that. (laughs) So I'm I'm all kind of crimey right now. Crimey! You know, the new season of The Great British Bake Off has a British detective a female British detective. I'm like excited. I want her to win just on that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Somebody should write, somebody should write her as a main character. Wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) I would would so read that. I would so read that. Oh my gosh. I don't know what it is, but I'm with you. Like I really like the British, Irish, like Scottish. Yeah. Like the, the, the accents. what are they like the oh, di's like 
I love those kind of things. Well, it's like a where different... they talk about the. It's a different uh, approach to crime and just their whole mannerisms, their approach to things are just very dry. You know, they're, yeah. it, it, they're not, I mean, Americans do tend to be a little crude and um, possibly a little bit more corrupt. I don't know if that's... Well, I don't think we need to tell anyone who listens to this podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> that Americans are a little rude and corrupt. Hey, we're not corrupt. We may be rude. Uh, we're a little corrupt. Are we? A little. Or corrupting. We're corrupting other people. Yeah, but corrupt, I mean, that's like <laughs> corrupt not Corrupt like stealing money yeah. from people. Uh, or that's like, like, oh, that's yeah, like corrupt. Like, As in, you yeah, know, we don't not, have the opportunity. Yeah. I, no. I, I didn't understand that corrupt also meant criminal. Yeah, we're <laughs> I not just criminals. Thought, we, are, we can corrupt people, but we are not corrupted. Yeah, there's nice. a big difference there. Yes. Yeah. Corrupting people morally yeah. is such fun. <laughs> true, true. Very, Please very true. come down into the sewer with us. Yes, but I will, um, I will listen they... to that accent all fucking day long. All day yeah, long. Yes. All day long. Talk to me in Shona, my ear. Oh Shona my G tried to corrupt me before this podcast by playing Fireball Hopscotch. I saw you. Yes, I saw the video. The Megan is Megan is cheating on us right now. She is in Texas with both of the Shonas for yep. Phoenix's going away party. Phoenix has joined the uh, what is it? The Environmental uh, Corps, um, America, AmeriCorps, uh, AmeriCorps. Yeah, so she's yeah. she's headed off, and they're they're sending her off by uh, having a little retreat in the woods, and they're all getting drunk and having fun without us. I might add. Fine. It's a little scary then, yeah. that that whenever Shona wants to hang out with her friends, it's always in the middle of the woods with no one around. We're, we're not real. There's like we have neighbors. We're not in the middle of the woods. Like there's a farmhouse on either side. I'm but. thinking she's just greasing the wheels a little so that if she says, she, yeah, that's we need to go is. in the cabin in the woods, but there's no one around. You're like, well, we went on vacation before and it was cool. So she's grooming I'm us good with it. She's grooming yeah. us. That's what she's doing. That's what's happening. She's uh, setting true. up. She's setting up. It's okay. Murder. Yeah. Because. Yeah, but we, we know were playing. We were there's totally like fine. she has some she has some book about like girls weekend adventures. It's like a scratch off book type thing. And one of the things we're supposed you're supposed to get donuts and then go to a parking lot and draw a hopscotch and like hopscotch. Uh, but we decided we were instead gonna, you got booze. <laughs> yeah, we did fireball hopscotch. And then you ma- we made the hopscotch and you had to do diff like it wasn't just like here's one, two, three and a hopscotch. It was like, oh, you have to like rabbit hop or like frog hop or spin in a circle as you go but then you had to take a shot when you when it was your turn so yeah like before you but i poured very small shots because i was was like megan you're fairly articulate for somebody who who did fireball hopscotch no (laughs) i uh, probably if i took like an like measured out what i had actually it probably was not even an actual full shot (laughs) maybe one shot like we were using like little bitty like mini solo cups like uh-huh, shot glasses, sure. but I wasn't like filling. She's the just shot trying to explain cause... to us why she's not a lush, but I don't know if yes. it's working. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's working, Megan. Sorry. I have I have water. I'm actually like sleepy because we were up late. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't uh-huh. imagine. Not sleepy because you drank so much Fireball playing hopscotch. No, no, dehydrated. No, no. You just wait water. till Halloween, Missy. We're gonna get you really super drunk this year. 
Nah, that's Dear God. Done. That's that was happen. cheesy. You just wait, Missy. We're going to get you so wait. drunk. Maybe we should worry about Martha. She always wants people to stay at her house and she wants to get us all drunk. I do tend to get a little that's amorous true. when I drink. Maybe I'm just by and I didn't know it. Hey. Martha, how big is your freezer? She it's has full right not now. fit my, a body in no, it. No, my freezer's full right now. <laughs> I would not be a suspect. She'd have to put no. you in the wine cooler. <laughs> Now the one I have an entire beer room that's uh, temperature controlled though, so she just put you in oh, the room. Yeah. She just shut us in there. The beer room is large enough for several people, actually. <laughs> if you're cold nice. enough, you'll get into my sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Oh Lord! All right. That's terrifying. It is kind of terrifying, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. No sorry. kind of about. Sorry it. about that. Sorry about you. You close-minded bitches. Because we don't want to end up in your in my sleeping bag control. No, I don't particularly <laughs> want to end up there. I totally get that. I, I get it. I get it. I can be a little bit much. Yeah. Okay. So here's a question: If you lock us in the con- the temperature-controlled freezer and our lips turn blue, does that mean that our nipples are blue too? Well, if or you, maybe that's Bonnie, because it's are you not, volunteering? Well, we did talk about the lipstick of, that matches your nipples. And I would think that if your lips and your nipples match now, that they would match if you were in the temperature controlled room, that they would turn the same shade of blue. That's my hypothesis. I mean, I do like it cold. So and I am curious if, if you want to go Bonnie in there and try it out, you know, there's no curtain in there. So but I don't want to be like naked. I don't have to be like naked. No, right. I'll just take your shirt off because, you know, the nipples and the lips are fairly close. And... Well, I could just leave my shirt on and be cold underneath my shirt. W- they wouldn't be the same temperature. They'd be warmer. I'm just saying, if you're going to do it right. But what if I put a bag over my head then? (laughs) You wouldn't be able to see your lips. (laughs) All I'd have to do is look down. (laughs) Are we sure that the lips are, these are the right lips we're talking about? Wait a minute. What? need two mirrors okay i think we're done now that's gonna do it for three book girls can't get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter and instagram follow them on tiktok youtube and check out their website at threebookgirls.com and join the group three book girls tribe on facebook If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.